Welcome to the Venley Expert Talks, where we aim to inspire Web3 builders with great stories from great minds. I'm your host, Alexandra Ahrens, and I'd like to remind you that you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, or LinkedIn with ideas for the podcast and questions for our guests. Welcome to episode 27 of the Venley Expert Talks. Today I'm joined by Audrey O, CEO of TR Lab, and we're going to talk about NFTs and community and how they bring together digital and traditional art collectors. So, Audrey, thank you for taking your time today to talk to me. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. Really excited for this conversation. Cool. Thanks. Um, if we could start out with your background in life and crypto, blockchain, all of it, um, that would be amazing. Yeah, for sure. So I graduated from Princeton in 2019. I was a history major. And uh, and shortly after, I also have a master in science from Columbia in applied um, analytics. I'm pretty new to the crypto space. Tier Lab is actually my first rodeo in crypto. And I came in from the traditional art side. Uh, long story short, Tier Lab was incubated by Dragonfly Capital, which was the, which is one of the largest crypto funds in Asia back in March of last year. At that time, the founder of Dragonfly, Bo, had this idea that he wanted to really bridge the traditional and digital art worlds, which is now much more oftenly said. But what Bo did was he reached out to a couple of partners, including Ardo21, which is the largest art fair in Asia, a founder at Artsy, Singley Cohen, who is Tier Labs chairwoman and a non-deputy executive at Christie's, sorry, a non-deputy chairman at Christie's. And I found out about Tier Lab through my association with Rockbound Art Museum, which is an art museum that was co-founded by my family back in 2010. Wow. So my my intro to crypto was definitely uh, driven by my interest within traditional art and also wanting to work in a faster paced field. Yeah, that's very uh, unique startup or not startup, but unique start for you, at least, I guess. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. How have you liked it so far? It's been amazing. I I think selfishly, I've loved getting to know artists that I've never been able to intimately work with and have them respect my ideas and my creativity. Not being an artist myself has been absolutely amazing. And uh, and I, I love this space. I think there's always just so much to learn. I feel like I'm a sponge soaking, uh, soaking everything in. And there's also a lot of other young people in the space that are growing very quickly. And I feel very privileged, you know, to be such a uh, part of such an exciting space and movement going forward. Awesome. How do you feel your degrees in science and history helped you so far? So I think history is probably the one that's helped me the most. Instead of learning facts and figures, I really think that history taught me how to think and how to structure my thoughts in terms of arguments, in terms of points I'm trying to make, I think history is what enabled me to have clarity. And that has helped a lot uh, within crypto and within my job where I spend a lot of my time explaining NFTs and explaining Web3 to people who know absolutely nothing about NFTs. <laughs> so I, I do feel like history has come in very handy there. Cool. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about TR Lab and how it all works? Yeah, for sure. So the full name of TR is actually Tabula Rasa, 
which is a Latin expression meaning blank slate. We are a creative production studio, NFT sell platform, and virtual community crossover for collectors and artists. And we work with both digital and traditional artists, institutions, and foundations, uh, offering them full service end-to-end experience. But I would say our bread and butter is focusing on working and onboarding traditional artists either into the Web3 space or better allowing them to engage with a Web3 native audience. Uh, as I mentioned a little earlier, we were incubated by Dragonfly Capital last March. Uh, we also raised our first outside funding round in December, and it was publicly announced in January at $4.2 million. And I'm happy to share that we were backed by major art collectors, tech investors, and Web3 innovators that will really feel and be strategic partners and supporters of TR Lab heading forward including Pace Verso, which is Pace Gallery's investment arm, and also Animoca, uh, which uh, I think most people in the Web3 space also know about. Awesome. And yeah, so like you said, you really just got started. So how have you seen your, or how have you been developing the mission? So our mission right now is to pioneer a new way to conceptualize and collect fine art. We really believe that TR Lab occupies a very unique space amongst NFT platforms where we're very focused on the art and the artists. And we are focused in particular on three key pillars of innovation, curation, and accessibility. Something that I like to talk to my team a lot is about the relationship between technology and art. I actually think I, I probably got this quote somewhere from a Pixar film, <laughs> but the idea is really having the art challenge the technology and then having the technology inspire the art. And so that's very much so a key sentiment that we're focused around in terms of our mission. All right. Um, yeah. So with that, you were talking about the the core principles or pillars of, of TR Lab. Um, one of those I know is innovation. And I have a quote from you saying, the NFT art market is still in its infancy. And this is no time to proclaim or accept a one size fits all position on how to produce, launch or sell or collect NFT art. Um, Harold Ayton was the one who recommended you for this podcast. And Particle has a very different process with their um, sale and and collections. Um, So how did you kind of choose your direction? Uh, What was the process for picking that avenue? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Particle and everything they've done. I think they've been particularly great with onboarding traditional art collectors into, uh, into Web3. For us, it really came from the fundamental belief that for an artist to venture NFTs, it should be because they're using the underlying technology, which means the utility of smart contracts, the community elements of the NFT that's only available in the NFT space to create something innovative. Artworks that essentially cannot exist if they're not NFTs. This is particularly important to us because we work with traditional artists and we want to leave room to conceptualize unique projects that have never been attempted before. So it comes from the the current process came from asking ourselves, what if continuously since the beginning of TR Lab, wanting to try different things, wanting to explore different mechanisms. And, 
recently we've done our largest collaboration and our most ambitious immersive art experience by far, which is called Your Daytime Fireworks. But uh, we still have a lot more to come. Maybe we'll sit down in a couple months and I'll tell you that we are doing something completely different. Another thing I'll add is one of the reasons why I think it's there's no time to proclaim or accept in a one-size-fits-all position right now is because the space is so early that I think that different projects and platforms should really be supporting each other because it's such a big market and everyone's working on bringing in different audiences. So that's very much so one of the, the openness and transparency columns that we focus on as a company. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Don't fight for the same slice of pie, basically, when there's so much out there. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Um, You mentioned your current project is your daytime fireworks. Can you talk a little bit more about that project? Yes, for sure. Uh, It's an immersive NFT art experience from a Chinese contemporary artist, Tai Guoqiang. People might know Tai from his Netflix documentary, Sky Ladder, where he shot and with with gunpowder and fireworks which is his medium he created a 500 meter long ladder in the sky and it's a absolutely beautiful documentary that i really recommend people to check out tai also uh, worked with the beijing olympics committee to do the beijing olympics fireworks for both 2008 and just in the past year uh, this is actually our third and most ambitious collaboration with Tai, where we are. The thesis behind it is to invite collectors on a journey of discovery that could only be made possible through the evolution of NFT art. In the artist's words, uh, he wants collectors to feel the uncertainty as well as the unexpected joy he experiences as he set up fireworks in different regions and under different weather conditions across the globe. They were, there were three chapters to the project, Golden Tickets, we were, which were uh, our way to calculate early subscribers, a firework packet minting process, and last but not least, we're still going through the 45-day firework reveal process, where uh, starting on April 25th, there was a Thailander that runs twice a day over a period of 45 days. And as a collector, the virtual date that you choose to mint including its weather and location, will impact the final work of art. What's so cool about this is that there's also a few surprise Easter eggs to celebrate big moments in Tai's career, such as his Guggenheim opening exhibition, uh, the Skyladder documentary I mentioned, and more. We really see this as collectors co-creating with the artists. From the traditional art collector perspective, it was actually very easy to understand. Because you receive and buy a firework packet, depending on when you choose to set it off, you have a different firework. However, from the tech perspective, it's even more interesting because instead of it being a typical blind box with set metadata, the rarity of each final artwork is actually determined by the participation of fellow collectors. So all that we, the platform and the artists knew heading into the project was that there was going to be 7,000 editions and there were going to be 90 different artworks. But we have no idea what what the rare artworks are going to be because the special artworks, in fact, up until now, have been the most popular ones quantitatively. So it's been an amazing journey between collector and artist and us as a platform. We're just glad to be along for the ride. 
No, that sounds really awesome. That's really very, very different. Cool. Skipping back to your principles for a second. Um, another one of them is accessibility, artists and collector sort of <laughs> accessibility or, or even collaboration in that case. Um, why is that important? I think accessibility is one of the most important key pillars for any NFT platforms, uh, specifically ones looking to bring in traditional art enthusiasts. From I, I've been in, I, I've had the honor of getting to know a couple artists intimately and have had the chances to visit artist studios and have had access to what a lot of people within who are art fans but are not within the traditional art world haven't. And I've always felt quite saddened about it where, you know, the most that some of my friends can do is just to like on click likes on Instagram and comments and never have an actual conversation with the artists that they really love and look up to. So for our NFTs and for everything we do as a platform, we really want to create an environment where art enthusiasts have a level playing field to engage with the artists and artworks that they love. And the idea is once they become a collector on TR Lab, they're really finding a community that prioritizes ongoing engagement and that rewards long-term participation. Uh, as just one of the examples, Ty actually posts good morning uh, alongside a photo and weather of uh, where he is in the world every single day to his, uh, his collectors within our Discord community. And so for us, aside from wanting to design mechanisms and wanting to focus on accessibility on the community engagement site, it's just as important to choose artists that are aligned with us. Curation, as you as you mentioned earlier, is, was one of our other key pillars, but we don't mean that in any tastemaker's aesthetic or any way to judge what is good or bad art. It's more us thinking deeply about how art can transform and extend on another type of medium and wanting to bring the best experience to the artists that we do work with to present projects that fit with our core mission and provide a great collaborative experience all around. Okay. When choosing a, a project or an artist to work with, what does that process look like? What is your uh, acceptance rate as it were? So with a lot of the artists that we are currently working with, it's more been organic organic conversations that have either sparked their interest in NFTs or it's been artists that have come to us that have said, hey, we have this idea. We don't know if it's a good idea because we don't know enough about the NFT space and us going back and forth, very much a research-based process and thinking about and, and thinking about their ideas and how they should enter into the NFT space. I'm, I'm, I won't share any particular percentages, but I would say sure. attitude <laughs> matters. Uh, attitude matters more than expertise. We're really looking uh, to artists that you know are not coming into the space for money. They're focused on wanting to talk to a new generation of collectors. They understand that there's a lot that they don't know, and they're also willing to spend a lot of time. Uh, and continuous engagement, just as our long-term collectors within our community. Okay, perfect. Let's kind of dive into the more main part of this talk. The community, I guess, is the big thing here. So why is community important in NFT projects? And how do you go about building a community for the artwork? Absolutely. 
so community, I we I mean, we tie it into a key pillar of accessibility, but community is absolutely central to every single NFT project because NFTs can bring people together in a way that no other medium can. Within the traditional art world, let's say you have a tradition a show in New York, and there's 500 people that go to that show. People in Shanghai aren't able to stay in the space, and you're also very not likely to meet new friends and start talking about the artists at the show. However, in the NFT space, I think, uh, and as someone who was newer coming in last year, it was amazing to witness the friendships that were formed, the people who came through our community and who wanted to work and are now working for TR Lab, who care deeply about the artwork and who care deeply about the new generation of art and saying something and participating. I think in a way it allows for a completely different way of thinking versus the traditional art collecting world where there's no shot of you co-collecting with an artist. There's no shot of you co-creating. But now with NFTs, just as with your daytime fires with works and with Ty, there's never been a place where collectors have felt closer to artists and collectors have felt like they've built a community where they talk about the artist they folk and focus on his art. There's one stat and story I want to share about your daytime fireworks in particular. Earlier, I mentioned that our first phase, uh, first chapter within the project was called Golden Tickets. And to receive a golden ticket, which then gave you early access into the sale, uh, you would have to answer more than 60% of the questions of a quiz correctly about the artist's life. We also posted a corresponding A to Z almanac of Ty and all of his projects and stories of works, including the fun Easter eggs that then came in later in the project. Only then are you able to mint your golden ticket, which is free and non-transferable. Within that, we had around right around 40% of these golden ticket vinters that were uh, that had less than 10 NFTs in their wallet, which we took as a great sign that these are newer people that are coming into the space, that this might be one of their first NFTs or this might be their very first NFT. Because of that, community becomes even more important because as a small platform and startup ourselves, we aren't able to write service, customer service emails back 24-7 <laughs> to all the collectors coming in for questions. But with our amazing community members that have become Thai scholars and become community moderators in our Discord, everyone wins together and everyone learns together about the art, about the artists, and about what we can do together in the future. So that's why community is so important. Uh, and I, I think this is something that we really focus on when communicating with traditional artists that are entering or thinking about the space for the first time. Okay. Very interesting. Would you say then, was this mostly done, I guess, on Discord and that sort of communication or something else? So we, we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and we also are quite active on Discord and Twitter and Instagram. These have been our 
uh, four main verticals that we've used for keeping collectors engaged. Mm-hmm. What is interesting is that I think we we actually don't really have a lot of crossover between our, people who are on our Discord and people who follow our Instagram and people who have us on newsletter. So because of that, we, we do usually four to five community events per week. So there's usually a lot of content that we can use to recap and um, as a newsletter, we have a very high open rate and click-through rate, which is very exciting too, uh, that we're taking as a sense of how interested more traditional collectors who are less likely to be on Discord are keeping tabs on us. Yeah, definitely. Do you see or can you track kind of a, a difference of of where the newer community members or newer to the blockchain NFT space, those members are more interactive on one versus the other? So for us, it's impossible to actually track because what we're mostly looking through is wallet data that's open source. But from just anecdotally and from my personal experience and from the email inquiries we've received rather than, you know, Discord direct messages or Twitter direct messages, people who are within the traditional art world and more traditional collectors tend to rely on emails much more than uh, are the most active community members in our discord. Sure. That makes sense. Perfect. Um, At this point you have worked with a number of artists. So maybe you can tell me at least anecdotally, how does the community building and sustaining differ from artist to artist? For sure. Uh, for us, we actually think of Tier Lab as a big community with all the artists that we've worked with and all the collectors. So our Discord and Twitter, instead of having a project-specific Your Daytime Fireworks Discord, we actually just have it within Tier Lab's Discord. Just a few days ago, one of the artists that we previously worked with, who I'm such a big fan of, uh, named Brandon Dawes, he just came back pop back into her Discord to share his new exhibition happening in London. And our chairwoman Singh found out about it through our Discord and went to see him in person for that exhibition. So it's really, I think, instead of thinking about it separately and coming up with a separate plan for each artist, it's more project specific. For Tsai and Your Daytime Fireworks, it was 7,000 editions um, and priced at 0.18 ETH. And we're very lucky to have sold out uh, 62 seconds into the public sale. But for Brandon, when he worked with us, it was 60 editions. And uh, it was 60 editions that was more of a curated series. And so we had more of a lengthy promotional cycle for that, uh, for Brandon's for Brandon's project in collaboration with us. Whereas with Ty, it was more going out organically at first and then wanting to go out with a bang. So to unpack your question a bit, I think it's instead of thinking about each artist as separate entity, it's more thinking about what our community is looking for and where they need the most support in terms of the different types of projects that we have coming on. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as a major benefit for TR Lab and like platforms similar to you, I guess? Yes, for sure. So we just announced a membership system that I unfortunately cannot share too many details about, but it's definitely (laughs) geared towards rewarding collectors who have been with us, especially long-term collectors that have stayed with us. And uh, I think the 
the the thought the thought process was always to provide easy access to these collectors to not have to join 50 different discords for every single project that we do and follow 50 different twitters it's also nicer to artists where i do think that there are a lot of traditional artists that come into the space that start their own discord and twitter and then they just find that they need to spend so much time managing the community that they don't really have time to focus on art so what we want to do for artists is that we always give, want to give them a safe haven, a spot to pop back into whenever they have news to share with the community, whether with us or with any other platform. At the same time, we don't want collectors to feel confused about where things would be coming out next and also to put pressure on artists to come out with things faster, as, uh, as you know, in the NFT space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a lot of work for one person, especially when they want to be focusing on something entirely differently. So perfect. How important do you think functionality is for NFTs? Um, and I guess, is it always necessary or only for some projects? Do you feel like it's more important to some collectors, maybe new collectors versus traditional or vice versa? So by functionality here, you uh, do you mean utility? Yeah, like, yeah. So like access to other projects. Uh, for example, yeah. Et cetera. Okay. I think, I think for me, I think functionality, utility, however we want to call it, is important. However, it shouldn't be the only thing that you consider. And I'll break it in into a couple uh, different segments in the NFT market. I think within the collectible space and also within gaming, functionality utility is very, very important because it's tied fully tied to the IP of the projects. However, for art NFTs, especially for one of ones, for generative art, for artists that are focused on art, I don't think it's necessary as much as it is as much as it could be interesting for collectors. I don't think that there should be the expectation that buying one artist's project should get you immediate access to another artist or another dis an, another artist's discount. I think that it I think that there can be ties between different artists from a platform perspective to see how they come together and how they can educate collectors together. However, I don't think that utility should be put first before the art, because I think that stops people from being able to enjoy the art. Sure. No, that makes complete sense. Yeah. What do you see or how do you feel about the interactions between digital and traditional art collectors? I see a lot more interactions now than a couple months back. Uh, we have backers at Tier Lab that were traditional art collectors that have really gone deep into the NFT space, like Adam Lindemann, who is uh, the owner of Venus over Manhattan. He has been collecting Tom Sachs' Rocket Factory project and so many other NFTs, but he was first well known as one of the best art dealers and art collectors within the traditional art world. Similarly, I think I also see it the other way around, where I have friends who have only ever collected digital art that are now starting to think about traditional art. 
I do think that there needs to be more conversations happening between these two groups to really push the space forward. And I think that uh, that needs whether whether it's more curators coming to facilitate these conversations or groupings and intimate dinners, bringing these people together in person. I do think that there needs to be a shift between even uh, even my framework about it for thinking about it as digital versus traditional art collectors, rather just collectors in general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in that case, so obviously building that community and building that maybe in-person sort of relationships um, might be part of it. But what else do you think is needed to ensure that NFTs keep the interests of both parties, digital and traditional collectors? I've been thinking about this a lot, and I think it drills down to two things, in-person exhibitions and also good hardware. For in-person exhibitions, uh, we actually put together an exhibition in Shanghai that was due to open in April. However, it was postponed due to the current COVID situation over there. The idea was to pull together all the art that was created for one of the projects on our platform called AI2041 and exhibit it in one place in real life to introduce a curated multi multiple artist project to a new audience as a celebration for the artists that uh, participated, but also just a way for people to come look at digital art, not on a small phone screen or iPad screen. Uh, we have seen other platforms uh, doing that. We've seen Super Rare recently opened a gallery in New York. I know that Quantum Art is very much so focused on in-person experiences as well. I think that there is a similar argument to be made that to bring people in person experiencing digital art together on the grand scale is the best way for people to learn about digital art and to take it seriously. The other thing about hardware is currently on the market, I know that there are a couple of great companies and startups that are developing hardware frames. However, none of them are really accessible to collectors just yet. And for someone who is very used to looking at a large oil painting, it's hard for them to take a square that on your phone seriously. <laughs> Because they're not they're they're not looking at that. And similarly, for someone who's very much used to constantly being on a screen and working digitally, you usually don't want to have spaces to showcase physical paintings. So I do think that hardware will be a very great differentiator in the coming months for digital art being taken more seriously within the traditional art world. Okay, and you see that timeline as being months, not years, or yes. Okay. Okay, cool. Then, yeah, we'll have to get together again in a couple of months and see how this all goes. <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, even a, a couple of months ago, the space just moved so incredibly quickly. And I think I, I definitely believe in months, not years, because I know a couple of smart thinkers in the space that have already started thinking about what this in-person element means and how to bring on things online, offline, and things offline, online. So I, I, I think that maybe not even months, maybe next month we'll chat and <laughs> there has been new developments. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah, definitely. No, you're right. Of course, the space does move incredibly quickly. Um, so yeah, I'll be interested to see as well. Um, so again, with all projects, 
Do you think that all projects have kind of an equal opportunity for catching interests of traditional collectors specifically? By all projects, do you mean all NFT projects or do you mean all art NFT projects? All, yeah, let's stick with art NFT. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think no, because I think it's the NFT space is quite overwhelming for traditional collectors. And right now, the crypto native marketing way is so different from anything within the traditional art world, where in the traditional art world, you're going to press, you're giving them very clear guidelines of what your art is going to be, how many editions, what to sell. With an NFT, you're keeping a lot of things close to chess until the last minute, where supply is a number that you can play around with. The price is a number that you can play around with. But the concept is something that you want to work with your collectors and community with earlier on. Because of that, I think projects don't have equal opportunity because of how noisy it is, especially now, even in comparison to a couple months ago. I think that traditional collectors are really looking for projects that make sense to be NFTs, projects that are not derivative and projects that are not coming into the space that wouldn't have long lasting value. So for many of them, especially for those that are thinking of traditional art as investments, they're also starting to think about digital art as investments. Because of that, I think that the ones that will be most successful in the future are the ones that are able to communicate with the traditional art world in terms of marketing and in terms of engaging a completely different audience, but also at the same time be able to appeal to a crypto native audience that is living on Twitter and Discord that have seen so many innovations and storylines happen in the NFT space. So I think it's only going to get harder from here. Hmm. Okay. I guess on that kind of trail, then what can artists do to improve their chances? I believe that artists, uh, and this may be a bit biased, but I, I do believe that artists should work with platforms to help them onboard into the space, whether just as a first step of education before they build out their own team or as an advisor, as they start to learn about what has been done in the space. There's been artists that I've spoken with that have a good idea about what's going on in the NFT space, but are still more focused on the innovation within their digital art, rather the innovation related to an NFT project. So for your daytime fireworks, for example, the artwork itself was digitally rendered fireworks but it was the mechanism and the setup of the project that made it so much more interesting to both the traditional and Web3 native collectors. I think artists should work with platforms to guide them into the space also so that they need to spend less of their time thinking about marketing, thinking about how to go out to collectors and managing their Twitter and Discord. I know that there are a lot of digital artists that do this really remarkably well, at the same time, I also know digital artists that are very tired of needing to constantly manage a community where all they want to do is make art. So because of that, I think especially for traditional artists going in, they should really focus on art that couldn't exist if they weren't an NFT. And for digital artists, too, I would say sometimes having a helping hand is much more rewarding for the digital artists. So so for any artist so that they can really focus on 
their work and wanting to create art. Mm -hmm. Going back to your answer from before, actually, um, you kind of touched on art as being for investment. Obviously, we well, we think a lot about that in the NFT space, but also definitely in the traditional art collection space. Um, what do you think is the most important when it comes to long-term investment without giving any investment advice? Um, <laughs> so what, well, yeah, what keeps that, um, that value long-term in your opinion? I, I will say this. I think a lot of the money currently in the NFT space are too short-sighted. They're looking for projects that, would 5x, 10x, 20x in a month or two. And no, even less than that in a few days or less than a week. Because of that, people are much more focused in the short-term opportunistic gain of projects. And I think that's wrong. I don't think that's sustainable. And I don't think it would be able to last. It's like a bubble that has already started bursting. From I, I personally don't see myself as an investor in the traditional art world. I've never sold any of both the NFTs and traditional art that I've collected. And I know that is a very, I, I know that's definitely a very rare case. But the way I see it is that for a lot of the people who are more thinking as investors in the traditional art world, they're betting long-term on an artist's career. So before they go and collect an artist's piece, they're thinking about the longevity of their career. They're thinking about the artist's medium and their name and what they could potentially do in the future. And I think that's what should be focused on, specifically in the NFT art space. I don't want collectors to collect Tier Lab NFTs because they're produced by Tier Lab alongside artists. I want them to come to the Tier Lab community because they want to collect a Ty or Brendan Dawes or Nest Graphics artwork and stay because they enjoy the community, but to ultimately collect because they believe in the artists and want to continue supporting the artists. Yeah. And that's where that community comes from, I guess. <laughs> Perfect. Definitely. Um, specifically right now, what would you say is the thing that's kind of standing in the way of bringing more traditional collectors into Web3? I honestly think it's about the wallet experience. I uh, I think MetaMask in particular was built by developers for developers, and it's really hard for people who are not tech savvy to understand how MetaMask works, especially people who are used to being on the go and using MetaMask on their phone. So I'm, I'm excited to see developers come up with other wallet solutions that's going to be more front-end friendly, that it's maybe it's even having another layer that makes the transaction on the blockchain less transparent to the collect these, these traditional collectors because they don't necessarily care about what's happening on the back end as much as they're looking for an easy one-click solution to allow for them to buy NFTs. I know that with uh, Coinbase and with companies like MoonPay, a lot of companies are exploring um, on-ramp fiat options that will allow people to directly buy NFTs with credit card or directly convert um, directly convert their fiat into Ethereum or whatever uh, whatever cryptocurrency. I also think that will really help with 
making it more accessible for collectors that may be interested in NFTs, but just haven't been able to figure out what to do with MetaMask and don't have people around them who would spend the time to onboard them slowly. Okay, good. Yeah, what's something, yeah, we kind of already talked about this a little bit, but what is something that you would really like artists to know when selling their fine art as NFTs? If you were talking directly to them, what would you say? I would say think about art that couldn't exist if they weren't NFTs. Also recognize the commitment that you're making to collectors uh, to not come into, come into the NFT space if your primary focus is money. Uh, that may have been the case a couple months back where it was very easy for a bigger name to come in and make money. But there's been so many projects and so many new collectors coming into the space that I think collectors are getting smarter and they really know a project and know and can differentiate between a project that has been well thought out, that is here to offer long-term value, that is saying something new about art and not just here to make a quick buy. Okay. And then on the completely other side, uh, what's something that you would tell collectors about purchasing NFTs? More traditional collectors or collectors overall? I will leave that up to you. Maybe one of each. (laughs) So for more traditional collectors, I would say, I, I would say to be patient with NFTs, uh, and also to not feel like they're late in any way. Um, I, I have gotten a lot of comments from more traditional collectors, most of them who are a bit older, that, oh, like, I just don't, I feel like I'm too late to enter. Everyone's been talking about it for months and I'm just so behind. Don't feel like that at all. I think the NFT space uses a lot of terminology that is very new traditional to traditional collectors. But to, I think that there's there's a lot of people that are focused on bringing this new ocean of collectors in and to focus on learning bit by bit rather than being more self-conscious of knowing the lease in a room. What I would say to NFT collectors in general is to think more like collectors and not like investors. Uh, I think that is kind of what we talked about earlier to think less short-term and more focused on the long-term legitimacy of a project where it's less about 20Xing your investment in your NFT in a day. It's more about supporting an artist alongside their journey, participating and getting to know artists and art from a whole other level and walking away from it, maybe with a gain in investment, but more so about the sentiment that the project has brought to you and the community that have been built around the project. Wonderful. Yeah. Solid advice. Um, that pretty much is wrapping us up. Is there anything that you want to plug before we go? Yes. We have a very big announcement coming up with a non-living artists foundation right ahead of art Basel in early June. So I would say stay tuned for that. Awesome. And uh, who should we have on Venley Expert Talks next? Who, or is there anyone in particular that you're looking for? Experts. So I'm a big fan of Atomic Form. Uh, they're our hard, uh, hardware NFT company, and they've been also doing a lot of interesting things with software. 
a lot of the artists that we know in the space love them and the co-founders uh they're also Animoca is also one of their investors and we've gone to know their co-founders quite well and I think very highly of what they would say in particular regarding hardware I guess I've been thinking about them because of our earlier conversation about hardware yeah no that's perfect Wonderful. Okay, then thank you again so much for taking your time today. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you guys get up to. Thank you so much, Alex. Have a wonderful day. 